I thought Donkey Combat was a really like I was probably eight when I came up with that. My mom still has drawings yes. that say Donkey Combat. That's <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast. For he even the... took a drink because he thought he was going to have to start again. <laughs> yeah. and it wouldn't come back around to him. <laughs> you caught me by surprise. You actually acted sensibly for a change. What are you drinking? Um, peach juice. Oh. For a second, I thought you were drinking the same as me. Old Rosie, but apparently not. For the gamified, get gouger. Gouger. Get gouger. Gouger. Someone, who, someone what gouges. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are we? Uh, Al, I'm not going to speak to you yet. Uh, yeah. Brett, what have you been up to? I have been attempting to make a large hammer and sweating a lot, I guess. We're we're in the midst of that uh, Carhartt and Guinness build uh, during the day hours, which has been quite taxing in terms of just there's there's lots of little bits and pieces to this three rolling cart bar build with inlays and steel and woods and things um that's just been a lot of work uh we've been pulling some pretty long days to do that but in the before or after hours i really have just been keen on on using the the new forge so I figured why not make something big since I have the capacity to work on larger stock now. And I set out to make a striking hammer, something just a bit larger than what we've got. And I wanted to make it single face, like single direction usage. Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, we we just, every time we use a sledge or do any kind of striking in the classes, we're just using like a rock sledge or just a generic sledge that you would buy from a, from a big box store. And I wanted to have a bit of a play with some shapes and geometry. And I really wanted to practice on the hydraulic press just because it's there. And why not? Hmm. Um, And what I've learned is that it doesn't matter that I have that press available. I still have a shit ton of stuff to learn and (laughs) it's been quite difficult. And I've had a lot of issues come up. Which is all part of the learning experience, and uh, at the end of the day, I'm I'm still proficient enough on an angle grinder and a belt sander that I'm relatively happy with how things are going right now <laughs> and where we're going to end up. Uh, I'm hoping to put a video up, you know, uh, next week, next weekend. Nothing too crazy, but just just making a big old wacky hammer. Nice. That's so, it. Good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Al, I'm still not talking to you. Oh. So, uh, what have I been up to, you ask? What have you been up well, to, Steve? Uh, I don't care. Nah, I'm not that bothered. This Probably week, eating. This week, I have been mostly watching <laughs> Mog's video, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, so, last week, I spent... It's sweary uh, for our, our sensitive little fucking ears, actually. Well, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't hear that kind of shit on this podcast, would you? No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, last week I spiffed Andrew Morgan uh, of Mog and said that he was releasing a video soon. And no sooner had I said that than he released his video. 
And it is goddamn glorious. If you haven't already <laughs> seen it, go check it out. Uh, by the time you hear this, the shows for last week will be out because I completely forgot to do them. Uh, and there will be a link there. So go do that. Uh, also, I have recorded a video. Uh, I finished making a thing that I... we Yeah. That I made, I was I started before we went to Laura's, um, so I finished that. Did the video, uh, f- had a fucking nightmare trying to get decent uh, audio quality on it, and uh, planned yesterday. So Saturday, I planned on sitting down and maybe trying to start editing the video, and got so annoyed with the state of the desk and like the the spare room that I'm currently sat in, which is a, like spare room slash office. Spare room. And, uh, Wait, are you Lucy Peventy from Spare Room? Nothing on that, Steve? <laughs> All right, fine. Al, you're there with me. I appreciate I'm that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was completely distraught with the state of it and the state of affairs and everything. Uh, so I decided I was going to tidy up. Um which started happening and then realized that I needed like a monitor riser uh, that needed to do this, that and the other and features and stuff. So literally just went, fuck it. I'm going to go make this. Went to Wix, bought some ply, went straight down to the workshop, spent half an hour, knocked something together, came back and put it there. And oh my God, it's so much nicer now. Um <laughs> And then kind of spent ages installing that and getting everything working whilst I also installed Windows on the new PC, which I'm now on, uh, and didn't do any video editing because I spent all my time doing that and I haven't put any editing software on the new PC yet. Um, Yeah. And then today I went down to buy new Anvil and I was super excited. And then I got down there and found out that there was a, fucking great chunk missing from it so i did not buy a new anvil i came all the way home and saw a steam engine go past the house and was very excited <laughs> so my day is 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 made now um yeah i think that's it uh really sleepy al what have you been up to and now sleepy. i just can't stop thinking of brett as tumness you must have dressed up as <laughs> at some point uh <laughs> No, but I, I thought he I have that. ideas now. <laughs> I just want to carry around a little umbrella. Um, I have gotten back from Hanover Maker Fair, or as we rather appropriately renamed it, Hangover Maker Fair, because <laughs> uh, the correct amount of free beer was was given out um, after the show. Um, yeah, it was great to see the guys. Um, they all had a really cool panel talk. Um, I don't know if anyone managed to Instagram it. Um, it was yeah, it was incredibly it was incredibly in German, but you you kind of got the sentiment uh, of Laura shaming all the other YouTubers on there for being YouTubers. It's <laughs> just <Which is> quite <laughs> funny. There's lots of stand up and yeah moments. Um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, again, another great show. Um, the halls were kind of split up. It was easier this time. It was like if you didn't want to go into the 3D printing and only circuitry hall you didn't have to because yeah. there's loads of cool other shit going on. There's one entire room that was um, all lighting, so the, it was completely dark and every single stand was like a really cool uh, light experience. So they had like a huge uh, inflatable octopus in, inside all the tentacles. It had lights. 
Um, and there's loads of like interactive like LED games and stuff. But it was just really, it's really nice to go to like a fair like that, and there just be a room that's in pitch black. Yeah, and actually, and it's, it became an experience as opposed to like a trade show. Nice. Um, I think that's what yeah, it's kind of what Maker Fair is about is about the the experience over just it being like sponsored tool stalls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really good. Really glad to see that it's still alive and kicking in Germany, even if it's struggling <laughs> elsewhere around the world. Everywhere else. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that probably tells you more about the Germans than anything else. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, got up at three thirty this morning to come back because uh, I had my last uh, session with the Kiddywinkles today for the NCS. So that was like them all sort of graduating from the course over the summer. Yeah. Um, so there'll be no more ju- judging of children uh, for a, a while, anyway. Not for now, anyway. For now, yeah, no, yeah, not in public. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's me. I'm back. Uh, uh, what uh, What time did you actually get to bed last night? Then, have you got um, or did you just not go to bed? I just don't think it was worth it. Yeah, I thought that might be the case. You probably feel worse going to sleep and then getting back up. Yeah, uh, yeah. this is very true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you talking about playing Trivia Pursuit segues really nicely into us talking about games. It does. What? Yeah, That's what I did there. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's how you do a segue, Steve. You don't yeah. fucking serve it to them up on a plate. <laughs> you make them work for you it. You make them work for it, yeah. <laughs> um, Almost you could make a game of it. Oh, oh, oh. oh he's back. There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, so what Steve wanted me to say, because he basically writes his scripts. Um, <laughs> uh, on the Friday night in Hanover, um, we went to a really authentic um, English pub, which was a nice German experience <laughs> yeah. for me, um, which was hilarious. And it had like 1996 uh, English football team on the wall, uh, which <laughs> yeah, is a nice brilliant. flashback. Um, uh, and before bingo night kicked in at 11 o'clock at night, nice, which was the theme of the pub, um, we were playing Trivial Pursuits, and it was just really fun to just have like a set of questions, obviously from the nineteen fucking nineteen eighties, um, <laughs> because that's nobody's allowed to have a modern set of Trivial Pursuits questions. So it was all, <laughs> it was all very like which uh, which which modern day car company went bust uh, with its gullwing door production and stainless steel body. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, huh. um, but yeah, it was fun. It was fun playing games with friends. Um, and then go. as we got more drunk, it kind of, trans- as I say, transcended into actual bingo. And then all these like like old retired English expats turned up at the pub for bingo <laughs> and got really like, really aggressive and really into it. Um, but yeah, it just got us thinking about what um, what is it about games that makes us um, kind of attracted to them and, and the, the, the adrenaline rush. And I don't just mean like gambling, but any games, even games where there's no point you're just doing it for to hear the sounds or to 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 yeah. collect the points or um to eat the little pac-man things that i don't know what they're called um yeah but oh. game of, gamification of life and why why it's important and why we do it just in everyday life as well you know so, like i play games just like driving to work you know like yeah. just to just to, to quell the boredom basically yeah. you create you sometimes <laughs> create games yeah um, and i know you guys are both passionate about all sorts of games, from Dungeons and Dragons to uh, Street Fighter Two Turbo, <laughs> the worst of the Street Fighters, <laughs> uh, Alpha Three. Yeah, I, let's, let's not <laughs> start <mind>. this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, just going to have a forty-five minute long conversation about the Capcom <laughs> universe. 
<laughs> so up for that. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I. It, it's funny you say that about like uh, why we we play these games. Like when um, when I was working at one of the companies I was working for, um, one of the engineers uh, was kind of basically tasked with. Uh, uh, increasing production and increasing efficiency and he did that by trying to buy, um projects and things like that so you know uh creating like leaderboards and the the amount of commits you did to get um increased like it was like xp so you know you increased in level and and every time you pushed code to production you got um extra points and all this kind of shit and um and it was he spent ages and ages and ages writing all this code to gamify everything, and everyone had to like submit little avatars and and all this. Um, and it fell completely on its ass. Like just nobody seemed to be that bothered about it. Um, and it, it it was just weird because everyone that worked there was really into games of of some shape or form, and. Everyone was kind of really competitive. Everyone loved, loved going down uh, to um, like uh, pub quizzes and you know playing D and D and stuff like that. We had a like a lunchtime D and D group, um, and when uh, they first started doing um, role playing games on online, uh, like everyone was really into that, and and yet this this kind of gamifying work didn't really take hold, and I've no idea why like this this isn't a, a story with a point as such <laughs> um but yeah it, it just di- it really didn't work yet everyone else or everyone that was working on it they, they come up with their own little games and they come up with their own little things that they enjoyed and they'd find um they'd they'd compete with themselves but as soon as they started having to compete against everyone else it was just like well you know th- this project i'm working on doesn't really suit that thing because mm. i'm i'm not going to be committing that often or whatever and uh, and I think that's one of the things is it's like it, it's about finding the right game for the right uh, person in the right situation sort of thing. Um, so for some people, like uh, they love um, physical games. So you know, going out and playing football or um, rugby or well, I was going to say cricket, but cricket doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> but like going out and, and playing these physical things um, or like going to the gym and competing with yourself on how much you can lift and, and things like that. And other people prefer mental games. So, you know, whether you're, whether that's playing on the Xbox or, or um, figuring out how to uh, play or playing D and D or something like that, like something that requires less uh, physical at- attributes, more mental at- attributes. And I think it's, it's really interesting seeing the way that people develop and and the way that um like i i've seen people that absolutely love physical games and they will spend every waking like every free moment of their time playing physical games yet mm-hmm. never even consider playing a, a mental or like a a, a mind based game yeah. um so yeah i just kind of wanted to talk about it's that, weird. It's like it, it takes me back to sort of making almost because there's 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 a certain amount of skill and dexterity involved. There's problem solving mm-hmm. involved. You know, you can you can imagine someone on a lathe like turning something, trying to get it down to like as thin as they can before. You know, there's a, there's a risk of like uh, gambling in there. You kind of play yeah. the, the very edge of your ability, which is the most fun parts of games is when you start to get cocky. Um, but yeah, that that thing of 
of physicality. Obviously, there's like strength, so it's like a um, an expression of you know how awesome of an animal you are. But I, used to, we, I mean, at school, we 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 invented this game where it was just throwing shit in the bin. Yeah, but then like we developed it to the point where we like we created our own projectiles. And everyone had their like patented like shape and size and weight and stuff yeah. for the for the for the perfect like across the room into the bin thing. And we created backboards and stuff. You know, it was like it was like basketball. We just created our own game because this was what we had around yeah. at school. You know, it was pissing down with rain outside. All we could do was you know, there's no mobile phones or anything. So all we could do was like create a game, and we did. And it was like throw throw shit in the bin game. <laughs> but it was you know it was about having that. Having that ability to make to make your own rules as well, it's a bit of escapism from life, isn't it? It's like, yeah, this is everyday life, and these are the rules, and I've got to follow it, and I've got to pay my taxes, blah 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 blah. But like in a game, all of a sudden, it's oh, there's different rules, and there's, you know, I I suddenly can fly, or I suddenly can, you know, I'm a wizard. <laughs> I think I think escapism is a really nice thing, and it's there's parallels to that with me with making in terms of you yeah. you get to go by a slightly different rule book. Um, and whatever whatever your targets are, and I know we've talked about sort of goals and chasing things in the past, but whatever the the scoring system is, <laughs> um, it's a little bit it's a little bit different than than sort of everyday life. Yeah, but it's weird because even in, even in that the the word gamify comes. I, I hate it in terms of just like sort of you know blue sky talk. But yeah. even in my job, they, they talk about gamifying things, so it could be like, uh, yeah, we've got a, a law firm and they've got a website. And we want to gamify it, and, yeah. I, and I, in my head, I'm like, "Awesome!" Like, yeah. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> right, I'll start. I'll start designing the spaceships, and they're like, "No, yeah. what we mean is we want we want people to enjoy the experience of coming to our law firm's website, yeah, and clicking on the buttons should reward you, even if it's just a little, you know, yeah. a little flash of light or something, or a little bit of right. music, musical yeah. chime plays. It's that feedback that you get from playing a game that makes you like, again, whether that's the animal in us that wants to to collect a little nuts or whatever yeah i mean I, I think that's that's a really interesting point and as you said that it kind of made me think about it a bit in in the fact that i think there's two reasons that we that we play games or that we gamify stuff is it's either like you pointed out like that um that escape from reality it's like i just want to switch off and be a wizard for an hour or whatever <laughs> um and then there's that uh to make something that's mind-numbingly boring and crap slightly more interesting, um, <laughs> which is what people do. You know, that, that's what people do at work. Like if, you know, if if I'm doing say uh, a shitload of tapers, it's like right, okay, well, I'm going to see how many I can do in the next five minutes, or I'm going to see if I can do all of this next batch with my eyes closed standing on one leg or you know whatever like it is to to increase the difficulty and and make it be less boring like if you i wonder they all get thrown out (laughs) (laughs) Um, or like you know if you're on a long car journey like that whole thing of the yellow car game or whatever um and and i think that that's kind of uh interesting to me the fact that and it's something that i've never really thought about it's the fact that one's escape from um just the stresses and strains of everyday life and it's just a way of relaxing and the other is kind of that escape from mind-numbing boringness (laughs) (laughs) i think that's i think it's really typical with 
Well, I'll say it this way. It, there's a certain kind of personality that will look at um, those experiences that you were talking about, Steve. Like when I make ice picks, which is a very repetitive task, <laughs> um, I don't. I don't really get deterred by repetitive tasks because it's very, very quickly that I want to try and turn it into a game yeah. or challenge myself. Right. And that, that is a certain type of personality. It may be, uh, that same person that's maybe not looking for the physical game. Yeah. Because even though I'm doing things physically, it's, it's all mental and, uh, dexterity based execution. Right. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, I I rolled my d twenty and what are my stats? All right, like I hope I hope dexterity's feeling good today, and I'm not too shaky because that solder is going to look like shit if I am. <laughs> yeah. um, but seeing if I, you know, how quickly can I do this one versus uh, what if I do the heat this way or two torches or how how why does this one look better than that one? Oh well, you know, whatever I can analyze to try and feed myself data or experience so that I can better execute. I mean, there's a reason I did the maker adventure idea because I love video games and I consider this whole, this whole adventure that I'm on, uh, just a series of learning and, and grinding, no pun intended, but (laughs) I'm literally level grinding to to get to something at the end. And I don't know what that end goal is because there's no end boss to my game. It's just a series of mini bosses and collecting party members and knowledge and key items. Some are key items, some are consumables, some are potions. You know, all of those, all of those things that I used to experience when I was a kid. Um, the way my brain works, it's like I turn everything into the game because it makes it more enjoyable for me. I liked video games growing up. Why do I have to stop? treating everything like a game now whether or not i'm a serious grumpy butthead most of the time that's just because there's there's too many other players in the game like i'm supposed to be <laughs> i'm doing this i'm my game's going well you guys are all fucking me up and need to get out of my dungeon i'm working on this stuff right now i i think that certain personalities or certain people that i've interacted with in the makerspace or just in day-to-day life um, every time I meet somebody that has that same kind of approach, it's, I believe we talked about it on a, on an episode a while back, but it's like an unspoken code. Like if you can walk up to somebody and, and rattle off the Konami code, you're just like, all right, I don't know what you do, but I like you immediately. <laughs> I'm sure we have a very similar approach to just life in general. I, yeah. I, I want to think that, uh, at least the three of us have a very similar approach to things considering we were all kind of video gamer nerds and stuff and whether or not you did board games versus video games versus Steve's weird powerlifting and doormanning, whatever kind of games those were. I like to think that we, we share a common interest in, in this gamification that we keep talking about. Like Al, I I can imagine young Al really over-engineering whatever your get things into the bin game was <laughs> because I imagine that's just how your brains work forever. But we had really similar games growing up too. We would always try and figure out how to like mix match games yeah, where I, I do great. remember doing a basketball baseball crossover. It wasn't basketball, <laughs> but there was a, a, a crossover where you like had to hit the ball 
and then dribble to first base. And then, <laughs> so, so it was a lot like basketball. But we always had, uh, like, how could we take this up a little bit more? How could we how could we favor the person that wasn't so good at baseball and mm. let them be good at the basketball part or the football part? I do remember having to throw a football through a hoop <laughs> at some point. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. I, I mean, even down to even down to creating and, and manipulating like non physical games, so like board games. I remember mashing up board games as a kid and loving it, and like taking toys and introducing them into like board games to make it more interesting. Uh, you know, th- this is kind of like I was unaware of like the world of kind of Warhammer or anything like that. You know, I think I maybe hadn't reached the north of England at that point. <laughs> um, but there was, you know, there was there, in my head there was nothing like that. Um, you know, I, I wasn't kind yeah. of privy to D and D as a kid, so I didn't yeah. have this kind of um, idea of a game being this like immersive world building thing. For me, a game when I was a kid was like Monopoly, so, yeah. like Snakes and Ladders or something. Um, so I used to try and bring creativity and world building into that. So before you could ever get themed monopoly i made my own looney tunes monopoly nice so this is like literally the, the the i think the i think the first one that came out was maybe a simpsons one like in the 90s but, but years before this i'd made i'd made a, a a looney tunes monopoly and i made all the characters i wrote all the like chance cards and stuff and they were all like stories about like wiley coyote and stuff and they were, it was all interesting just making like a boring game about capitalism into yeah. a fun game about the worlds that i loved um and like Taz would come and smash all the places around and stuff and it would be it would be an interesting thing. Um and I drew I think I drew the the the, the board and everything and made like each little yeah. um property and stuff all like a Looney Tunes property. <laughs> nice. Um, what was the jail? I wonder what the jail was. Oh, I don't know. It's probably some cave. <laughs> <laughs> but, I could have just been like uh, Yosemite Sam, like just yeah. had his own jail or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that, that 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 adding in a level of your own creativity into games because the one thing like i do find a bit frustrating about games particularly video games is the kind of the 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 structure that's around them and, and yeah they become quite formulaic um you know almost just like walkthrough games where yeah it's a beautiful world but i'm basically just pressing a until the end yeah um, yeah and there's a time and a place with games like that don't get me wrong but i much prefer a game like um when little big planet came along yeah, and it's kind of like eh, this. There is this kind of a game here, but other than that, you can just do whatever you want, and you can yeah. you can build things in the game. You know, I've banned myself from getting into Minecraft just in case that <laughs> oh my God. in Minecraft. Yeah, um, and I end so up much time creating my own transistors to build a hard drive in Minecraft. Um, <laughs> but I I love the games that you can make your own, and even yeah. even down to like um, pub games like Killer. Like yes. the, the the differences from like pub region to pub to, yeah. and friends to friends and region to region just goes to show that you just make it how you enjoy it. Yeah. Like, oh, we tried those rules last time and it was rubbish. So like this time we'll just do it this way um, and we'll all have a better time. So I, I love the sort of putting your own twist on games. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny that you say like the fact that you you when you were younger, you played a lot of board games and stuff like that. Like when, when I was growing up, I... Um, you know, I, I lived on a farm in the arse centre nowhere. Uh, my uh, brother and sister were both enough years older than me that we didn't really ever hang out. Um, so I, you know, it, it wasn't easy for me to go and see my friends, sort of thing. I, it was, it, it required a, a car journey, which meant getting a lift, which 
I couldn't really do during the week because by the time I got back from school, dad would be milking, mum worked until... Dad would be milking, mum. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah, dad would be out oh, milking until like <laughs> half nine. Um, mum wouldn't get back until like eight o'clock in the evening sort of thing. And it was at least a half hour drive to, to like my closest friend sort of thing. Um, so when I was like, uh, before I was driving age, I spent a lot of time playing solo games. So <laughs> that, that's why I got it. <laughs> steady. <laughs> but that, that's why I got into uh, PC gaming. Like, and that's why I built my own gaming rigs and stuff like that. And I spent a long time just playing those, uh, th- those solo games. And, and that's why it kind of made me laugh that you um, you, you said about like the the, the regional differences between um, uh, playing killer and stuff like that, because it wasn't until I was in um, sixth form, so college, um, that all of a sudden I then had free time, so free periods whilst I was in school with all of my friends, and all of a sudden it was that um, that ability to be able to kill time with my friends rather than being on my own, having to kill time sort of thing. Um, and that's when we started playing card games and board games and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I was like 17, 18, I started really playing them and, uh, and playing like shithead and donkey and killer <laughs> and games like that and getting really passionately behind them. And then finding out that, like you say, like actually if you go to even just like the next pub or the next town over, <laughs> everyone plays different sets of rules. It's like, what? no, hang on. A seven doesn't do that. A seven reverses the thing. What are you talking about? And, um, and that's one of the things I love is the fact that, you know, games, um, like a, a video game or something like that, um, has a certain path you're supposed to follow, a certain set of rules, like even games like, because I can remember when Grand Theft Auto, the first one first came out, and everyone like all the the media was going nuts about the fact that um you uh you you know you're going around killing people and everyone was going to you know become a, a violent criminal all of a sudden <laughs> and uh and me just being really excited about the fact that like what you can just get in a car and drive around you don't you don't <laughs> need to to follow the rules like and uh, and I spent hours playing uh, a demo of GTA 2 I think it was um before I could afford to get the game just because you could just drive around and you didn't have to follow a, a certain path and you could just jump out and just get in a different car and, and muck around and do all that. And I think even with something that's very, very linear, like um, like with Goldeneye or something like that, like there's still ways that you can come up with your own uh, <laughs> rules on it. And that's what I love. Yeah, like, multiplayer, no odd job, slam <laughs> no odd job. Yeah, and that's do a job. standard rule thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the fact that you can come up with like your own... Uh, your own games within games. I, I love that sort of um, thing. <laughs> but is, is that normal behaviour or is that just us in a testament to our kind of approach to anything? Are most, pe- are most people just happy with the game or is it is it the human condition that we just, we, we want to find the patterns in things. We want to, we want to manipulate the system and, and get rewarded and have a little treat and a little snack. And well, I think that's, that's where you, where you get the difference between like the, the casual gamer and the the gamer gamer, and that's like <laughs> the same difference between someone that does a bit of DIY and someone that's a maker. Okay, Ooh, well put, Steve. I, I was going to bring up the fact that um, the different kinds of personalities that go into 
let's say video games specifically, you have people that will forever play first person shooter games in a multiplayer mode. You go in and the Fortnite, you know, got really, really popular in the last few years. Um, you go in, you play a game for 20 minutes, you try and win that specific game. And, and then you go up through the rankings of the leaderboard, but it's a, it's a single person game. You can grow your skills in terms of like what weapons you use and where you, you know, all the maps really well, you know where to go for the hill that you can snipe from. If you get a sniper rifle versus somebody that plays a final fantasy game, that's (laughs) 60 hours, no one else is playing the game. There's no multiplayer. It's just you going through whatever story they've built for you to play in a linear fashion. And then, you know, ideally they have tons of side quests and stuff, but still rigid, right? Like the game exists within the game. There's not really much to do. Like you were saying, you can't, you can't shift a lot Mm. within the game. You can shift how you play it or how much time or which characters you make stronger than others, what items you put on them, whatever. But the, the personality difference between somebody that will go and play a Final Fantasy game versus somebody that plays Call of Duty it, <laughs> it's always so interesting to me because I feel like you can almost profile that by like, oh, you play video games. What do you play? And if the first thing that comes out of their mouth is a first-person shooter game, you're like, oh, <laughs> I see what kind of person you are versus somebody that's like, I've played every Final Fantasy game and Chrono everything series you know since they've come out i'm a huge rpg fan that's a completely different kind of person and very seldom do you see those two overlap but i i will admit i will admit that i was playing uh all the you know action games when i was young so like whatever button you press did a thing and i got into ocarina of time really hardcore because you know you were still just tapping a to do sword swipes but you could like jump sideways and do a backflip and then you throw a bomb and do all these versus i remember my friend telling me about final fantasy games and go yeah but you just you like press attack and then (laughs) it does the thing for you or you you (laughs) click on your magic that doesn't seem invigorating to me and then i played seven and was like never mind i, I completely changed i'm so sorry I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry yeah see i i find that uh that kind of point about um like the difference between like a problem solving game and a and an rpg um and the fact that you say like you don't get the the two intermingle much and like for for me and a lot of my friends we we were just gamers we just we played computer games it didn't matter what kind of game it was if it was good we played it um and like yeah when we were at land parties we we'd all um play that's the thing is land parties where you actually had to go around people's house and you had an entire uh computer with you and it was a fucking crt monitor that was that big but um i had uh, a mark three astra and i had a monitor that was fucking massive and like 10 years old and just the monitor and my uh my tower unit would take up the entire boot of the car. It was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we, you know, we we play first person shoot person shooters whilst we we're around each other's house. Um, uh, but wouldn't really play them quite so much when we we're at home. Like when we we're at home, we'd then play more of the 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 problem solving ones. And it wasn't until online gaming came about that you then kind of, well, for, for <clears throat> we kind of then started to get that separation of 
of the problem solvers versus the I just want to shoot stuff um, kind of group. But then you've got games like um, Deus Ex, where it was it was a first person shooter, but it then started to bring up. Uh, RPG elements in into it, and you know you could level up in certain ways, and you could just go for sneak attacks, or you could just go for all out guns and stuff like that. And um, and I think you kind of get that uh, with um, with with the whole like maker community and with like any aspect sort of thing, because you've got people that will focus solely on just playing. Um, like I used to play so much uh, Red Alert. Um, <laughs> So you know you get people that are just real time strategy, and that's all they play. And you know they they'll try and complete an entire um, an entire level using just Tanya, or <laughs> or you you get someone that's just um, just first person shooters, and you know we're they're unbeatable at uh, Doom or Unreal Tournament or something like that. And then you get that kind of the people that just sit in the middle. And I think you get the same sort of thing with, with kind of crafts people. You get people that only do, you know, fine woodwork and people that only do traditional blacksmithing techniques. And then you've got all of the rest of us that sit in the middle going, no, I'm going to play that. And no, I'm going to do that. And no, I'm going to do this. <laughs> well, I love, uh, I love looking at that as like a difficulty setting. <laughs> on, on- the game of life because distraction what it always what it always, <laughs> what it always came down to in in getting your achievements or your goals once games started getting a little bit more uh complex in in like the late 90s early 2000s the difficulty settings were never uh never really accompanied by anything other than like okay you want a harder version of this game great tell you what if you do it we'll give you something else or we'll give you a new achievement or a new weapon or something, whatever. So now I, I feel like there's plenty of challenges out there that people will, um, people will throw out to the social medias or, or the YouTube space to say, uh, make this thing only using hand tools or you, you only get to choose two tools to do this. There yeah. are the people that would look at that and go, well, that's, dumb i would never do that because yeah i have access to all these things why wouldn't why would i ever do that when i have access to all these other things and you're like that's not the point the point is raising the difficulty level yeah and a certain type of personality will look at that as a challenge which is usually the term that gets thrown around on those things but not not a challenge in the sense of like oh this is this is for funsies and this is to see if i can do it it's legitimately going into the game mode of going Right, but if I do this, maybe I win the challenge, and then if there was a giveaway attached to it, then I get the thing that no one else gets because I won. Yeah, That's you beating the game. That's a huge achievement to a certain type of person. I think, if I remember correctly, it was Mr. Bob Make Stuff um, mentioned it on their most recent podcast, or one of their recent podcasts, which I happen to listen to. Um there was a challenge that went out and I think somebody asked if Bob wanted to be a part of it. And he goes, I don't want to do that. Like, why would I do that? It was something like with only using hand tools or (laughs) something. And he goes, I I don't want to do that. That's I I can make that on my CNC in 10 minutes. And I go, Bob, where was the, where's the gamer nerd in here? (laughs) Like he makes an arcade cabinet and, and whatever it wasn't, I wasn't really like 
legitimately yeah. disappointed, but there was a part of me that was like, no, you're <laughs> one of the people, you're one of the, the guys. And of course, you know, Jim's going to look at that kind of thing and go, no, just hands down. No, but Bob, you, you're the chosen one. I think that, Cause I think that's one of the things is, um, it's not even about the, the the prize at the end of the day because we we'd done it in the Fools of Tools group before. Like there was, uh, I think it was like uh, make a dice one weekend, and it yeah yeah yeah, and it, it was just kind of just put it out there and saying like, right guys, here's a challenge for you. If you haven't got, if you're not doing anything else this weekend, make a dice out of um, whatever material you like, but die set of dice or die whatever, uh, but but like don't just cut a block of wood and, and drill some holes in it, be a bit creative with it. And it, it was basically make a, a D6 with, or any kind of dice, but like if it's going to be a D6, then um, don't just cut a cube of wood out, do something <laughs> else with it. And it was great watching people come up with all these different things. There was no prize at the end of it. It was just the only, the only person they were competing with was themselves and their own creativity. And um and that's where I quite like, like that's kind of, to me, that's the single player game. Like you're competing with yourself. You're coming up with your own way of doing it. And you know, if you want, you can set the the difficulty level to easy. If you, if you want to challenge more, you know, challenge yourself more, you can set the difficulty level higher. And like, and I think that's kind of how you improve um, if, if that's your thing. Whereas if you're going into uh, like a challenge where you're competing for a prize and actually you're up against everyone else and you're being judged against everyone else. That's more like the multiplayer game where actually, you know, you're going to get, you're going to go into GTA five, you're going to get dropped in and within 30 seconds, someone's going to run you over with a tank. <laughs> um, then you're going to respawn and someone else is going to shoot you with a helicopter or something like that. And, and like, I, for, for me, I find like the, those kind of, um, that single player uh, non um, non prize challenges, I find them really fun and really interesting because, like I say, the only only person that you're competing with is yourself. There's no there's no pressure. It's kind of like the I don't really want to use that term, but it's like that safe space sort of thing. Whereas going into the the multiplayer player arena of you know competing for a prize, that's when actually no no one's gonna pat you on the back for doing all right it's like <laughs> yeah but did you see how how nicely i collected those things yeah, it was really yeah. fun and nice it's like yeah. Yeah, you're dead yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's tough though because i think because the majority of us are uh you know going at this alone or we're more comfortable doing things by ourselves because we're either like socially anxious or just don't really like having other people around staring over your shoulder while you're working it's it's difficult because the the battle is wanting to wanting to play the games with the other people like trivial pursuit in a in a pub is fun kind of for the experience of it not really because of the winning nature right that it's it's fun because it's fun and everybody gets to throw out silly answers and it's enjoyable and, and you have a good time with the experience competitions are what always it's difficult because you you want to kind of prove it to yourself, but being put up against other people. And like you said, if within 30 seconds you get run over by a car, yeah, you're like, well, that wasn't worth it. And it's only going to deter you from doing that in the future. Whereas if you win, 
you want to be able to take it as a self-achievement, but clearly the competition might boost you out and be like, this is yeah. the best person of this thing. And you're like, yeah, I don't really care if I'm the best. This was just for me. Like it's almost a double-edged sword. Like you want to, you want to do it for the challenge. But that that's where you do the, the whole world of Warcraft thing. You know, you, you start as a, a low level, you grind it out. You, you, I was gonna say you play with yourself. That's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you play in those, those safe non PVP zones. And then, when you're leveled up and you're actually you're feeling ready for a challenge, then you go into a PvP server and that's you know, player versus player. <laughs> it's not a type of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, you then you go into those those servers where you get to play around a bit more and and you know you get those those challenges. I mean, I I I could talk about games for fucking hours and hours and hours, and but I think it's. It, it's just kind of um, it's one of those things. If you're not enjoying it, then it's not it, it's no longer a game. And I think like there's there's a lot of people that um, this and this is a completely personal thing for me. Like I play games to enjoy them. Like I don't play games to uh, to win to be the the person on top. Um, and I think like. If you look at something like uh, any of the UK panel shows, like uh, Mock the Week or QI or whatever, like, it's never about who actually wins. There's no um, prize at the end of it. It's it's just it's an excuse to get together and have a laugh. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's kind of a a better way to go about. If, if you're going to play with other people, it, it's better to do it for that enjoyment. Um, unless you really do want to do that, uh, like serious challenge thing, in which <laughs> case, you know, if, if that's your thing, go for it. But for me, I, I just kind of prefer the sitting in a pub in Hanover playing Trivial Pursuit just <laughs> for fun rather than sitting in a, uh, I can't think of a professional version of that. Like playing poker, that's that's a better analogy. <laughs> uh, playing poker, like I uh, Boxing Day. Um, normally, we get a load of friends together. We all come around and sit around the house. We we'll play poker, and you know it, it's a five quid buy-in or something like that. So you're playing for a little bit of cash, but nobody's actually taking it seriously. And like that's really good fun. That's you you, you, do, you compare that to uh, playing like serious online poker where you're betting your house, like. <laughs> I have no interest in that. Like, I don't want to play high stakes. I want to play fun stakes. Fun stakes. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, do you... God, I feel like we need to get a... We need to put another, like, game challenge out there. Like, the dice thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great show. I would, I would love to do something like that. Just, you know, after this episode or whatever. Because, Al, I'd love to hear your perspective on... I know you mentioned in an earlier episode that you didn't necessarily have a lot of like games or gaming systems growing up, but was there something that stuck out to you particularly? And we can go around the horn on this, but based on the personality thing, were you more of a multiplayer person? Maybe not video game wise, but just in general, was it always something about the experience? I I, I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time on my own as a kid. (laughs) You can probably tell. And um, even to the point where I'd like, I'd play myself at chess 
which sounds right. ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I would. I'd, I'd set up like Al yeah. one and Al two, and it'd be yeah. like, right, let's 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 do this. Um, there wasn't really good enough internet where I lived for multiplayer gaming in that aspect, but I did yeah. love multiplayer video gaming, like you know, your four player Golden Eyes, your four player, um, yeah, Space Mario Kart, uh, Super Smash TV. You know, just those kind of even when it's you and your buddy working together. So yeah. to your point, Steve, it's not like I want to be the best in the room or I want to win. Like I much preferred collaborative games because it is just like, you know, um, Finn and Jake off to kill yeah. Steve, Sleepy <laughs> yeah. Sam. You yeah. know, you just it's it's you and your buddy transported into a little world and you can you can, you know, defy the laws of physics or whatever. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I both I I loved to um do those things with my friends but then then me on my own was that time to make the games creative or more interesting yeah or then you could take those games to your friends once you'd made them or or, or adapted them or, or or bastardized them do you know what i mean it's just like oh i've got this new version of this let's play this because i've yeah and i kind of wish i was able to 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 to, to have computers as a kid because then i probably would have gotten into like actually coding my own games yeah and i i think that's you know in 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 the 70s and 80s that's that's why that became but that industry boomed because pe- that's what people were doing. They were making their yeah. own games and it was so easy to do Well, easy. It was yeah. accessible um, yeah. to do. And that's what people pe- drove their passion because they, they, they got to be creative and they got to make something that they could go and show their friends, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause, I, Cause I, sorry, I was just going to say like, I, I had a, a, a friend that, um, that coded his, his own game and it was great because he, he kind of like, we all used to go to like a youth clubby sort of thing. And um, and everyone that was there, everyone was always playing his game, and it was great because he had to like do multiple versions of it just because everyone used to play it so much. But it never got released to the general public, as it were. Yeah. It was just inside of that, and um, and like similar to you, like I used to play myself at chess and and stuff like that because there was no one else there to to play against. And um, but then like I didn't discover. Well, I didn't get into D and D until I was in my late twenties, um, but I loved it because I I can't be a DM, I can't run the game, but I love coming up with like ideas and stuff like that. <laughs> so whenever I used to uh, play D and D, like I I'd, um, I'd always catch up with uh, the DM like a couple hours before or the day before or something like that, and be like, I've just had this brilliant idea. What if you know we do this and then. Because so and so's a wizard that they'll do this, and so and so's a, a ranger, so they can, you know, they can use that, but they don't know that that's going to happen. And like, I, I'd come up with all these ideas and be like, yeah, that's great, except for now you know it, so you, you, know, you can't. Like, it's fine. I'll just die, and then that can still. Yeah, happen. I will take one for the team just because yeah. this is such a good idea. Yeah, and it, it was great because it was that, like you say, it's that kind of like creating that game and then getting to share it with your friends. Um, and I think that's why I'm the same as you. Like, if I was playing a multiplayer game, I, I, you know, the internet out my way was shit as well. It still is. <laughs> um, but like, when it finally got good enough that I could play online, I did it for a little bit. And then I was like, I just don't, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Because the only interaction you have is with some 12-year-old saying he's going to do whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just like... You know what? I just can't be fucked. This isn't fun. Whereas, 
like you say, playing Mario Kart with four friends where you're all sat around and you're playing it split screen on a TV. Um, <laughs> a tiny, tiny TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it's one of those things that if someone blue shells you, you can give them a dead leg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like and stuff like that. Like that's so much more fun. Um and I think like that that to me is what multiplayer gaming is all about, is that kind of that actual interaction with the other people you're playing with. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of because to me, like modern online gaming, unless you're playing something where you're working as a team, if you're just playing against everyone else, it's just it's basically just playing a single player with more insults coming through your ears. <laughs> yeah, I think if if I had to break down as a life analogy, it's like the RPG games are my day to day. And then if I have a choice for multiplayer, I definitely appreciate the more communal aspect of it. Yeah. And I I don't know. I was never really keen on board games or, or video games or anything like that. I was never really keen on the me versus you. I love chess because of the, yeah. uh, the strategy that gets really, really tied into it. Like if you can read a board correctly and and really understand the movements or the the strategies that somebody else has of putting their knight out first. You're like, ooh, ooh, I've seen yeah. this strategy before. I can't remember what it's called, but, you know, whatever. Um, there you go. <laughs> so I I really enjoy the the singular game aspect of life, of being able to do things and challenge myself to get better, collect, stats and items and you know level grind until i feel like i'm more comfortable in this aspect of the game uh but when it comes to the the reason i like making videos with other people is because i don't i don't see myself as a as a me versus the the world type of thing it's more it's more fun for me to have a game where we're both going for the same goal or we're working together to get to the same goal. I don't necessarily think that I'm, I'm huge on collaborations. It's more just like you're here. We're going to do a fun thing yeah, and hopefully achieve the goal at the end. So we can high five and our little level stats go up. That's more fun for me. Like when I used to, when I used to play call of duty, duty, um, I played the game for a while with a few buddies of mine and we played online, but I ended up getting to the point where I still enjoyed playing with them because we were on a team versus another team. So it was me and my friends versus a bunch of strangers. And my friend's goal, friends' goals, was always to win and beat the other team. And you go, great, I want to play with only a knife. Yeah, and they go, no, 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 don't do that, man. Come on, like we want to win the game and and raise. This is our serious, dude. I, I was always the guy that was just like, no, I just have a class set up where my only weapon is a knife, and the entire game is just to see if I can survive. So I still turned like a team game into a very individual. Like I want to see <laughs> if I can do this and challenge myself. Um, and it was always a hell of a lot more fulfilling to know that I either carried a game and had the best stats on the team, even though I only used a knife. It was like, yeah. at that point, you're like, you should not have been able to achieve that because that's not <laughs> how the game works. And you're like, ah, but I won the game. Yeah. And then my team wins. And then everyone gets to be happy. And then the 15 games that follow that where we lose horribly because I'm only using <laughs> a knife, 
then they can all, yeah. you know, give me a good ribbing. But, but I, think, I don't know. I think that's that's the thing. Is that's like that's why you kind of like say you, you create your own game inside of the game. So it comes back to what we were saying earlier about <laughs> it's it, inside the game about ma- making it personal to you. Like, and that, that's what I love about D and D is you can you can create your own set of restraints. So yeah, you can. You could like the the easiest character to play. You know, can you you can just do whatever, but if you play someone that's like lawful evil or unlawful good or, or whatever, like if you play someone that's at the extreme, then it's really it, you have to be so creative and like someone that's unlawful evil. So they're like the worst asshole you can be, but you have to come up with a reason for them to. A want to play or be a team player, but also like everything you do. Like if you're on a mission where you're, you know, doing something for the greater good, you have to come up with a way of making your character do that thing and it be believable. You can't just be like, oh yeah, he just felt like doing it. Um, like there's there's got to be a reason behind it, and like that's that's the thing. It's like you if you you know you're you're playing um, uh, Counter Strike or. or Call of Duty, and you know, like you say, you're playing with only a, a knife. You're creating those um, those own or that your your self imposed restraints, and and we do that with makering as well. Makering, that's a word. <laughs> makering, um, but yeah, we, we like there's people that do that with the videos. Like, right, okay, for, for this video, I'm only going to use um, a 3D printer, or I'm only going to use hand tools, or I'm only going to use wood, or I'm only going to use pallet wood because it's free or i'm you know i'm only going to use um stuff that i've reclaimed or whatever like you create those own rules and you make it fun for yourself because if you want to if you want to just make a box like you know if you just want to make a a box to put shit in that goes at the bottom of your bed or something then you can do that it's easy you you know you can you can go to uh pc world you can pick up an xbox and buy call of duty and you can just play it from start to finish you can do all of the things that it tells you to do or you can you can make it in your own way you can make it with just reclaim my stuff you can you can say right i'm not going to use any glue or i'm not going to use any screws on this project i'm going to do it only with um joinery it's the same as going to um to to pc world grabbing a, an xbox and playing through Call of Duty, but only using a knife or only using a melee attack. And I think being able to create those own rules and and create that that uh, that personal challenge that is spiffing. Have you got a uh, order? Yeah, uh, yeah, as. As, oh, I'm the deadly asp. I'm last. Which means game, Brett. Oh, which means that Owl is first because it is a game. Owl, this is where you talk. Fucking hell. Um, (laughs) I would like to spiff a podcast, um, but it is a fiction podcast, unlike our purely factual podcast. Um, Not a fax. It's not a fax. It's a telegram. Um, it's a podcast. It's called it's Mission vision. Mission to Zix, and that is Z Y X X. Um, if you like Futurama, it's basically Futurama on a podcast. 
that's just a, a, a ragtag group of incompetent, terrible space pirates who are on diplomatic missions to visit other planets, and it's just hilarious. It's, it's the the science fiction is not necessarily that interesting, but the just the script and the way it's written is just so funny. They're just p- taking the piss all the time, and it, it just sounds like it sounds like Rick and Morty. Just the the actors are just having so much fun with the stupid situations. It's very it's very Archer, um, but yeah, Mission to Six. Nice. Put it on in the background. It's it's really funny. Nice one. I will check that out. Uh, I'm next. Steve's next. I am gonna spiff a long time fools with Tooler. Tooler? Long time listener. First time spiffy. Uh, Lars Ork. I can't fucking say it. Oakland. 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 Yeah, basically, Lars is. Really, really nice guy. Uh, we talk on the Instagrams quite a lot. Uh, and he's just built his own, his like first forge, which he's done a really fucking good job of. Um, and uh, and he sent me, and I think Brett as well, uh, a video of like the first thing he forged and he was super excited and happy. And I'm massively impressed with how well he did um because he did like a little scroll and he was like oh it's not quite tight enough together i'm like dude that's like so fucking good because it was actually curved all the way around as opposed to like a flat bit then a sharp corner then kind of a weird curvy bit which is what my first 300 scrolls were like um so yeah uh and he does lots of well i say lots of I can't really talk about what he does on his Instagram because during the conversation, I realized that I wasn't actually following him. So I quickly rectified that. Um, Good job. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, no, Lars is super lovely and everyone should go check him out and give him some love and tell him we sent you. Give him a cuddle. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. I would like to go along with the video gaming theme. And I don't think I've spiffed this channel before, but uh, if if anybody is still just fascinated with games or gaming or even retro stuff, maybe maybe stuff you used to play when you were younger, um, there's a channel called Games Done Quick, AGDQ and SGDQ. They do a, a fundraiser twice a year. I think they maybe they might even be expanding into more events, but they do speed running and they get these people that have completely broken down whatever random game that you think that no one else has ever played in your entire life. Like the seven up video game where you played as the spot. Cool spot. It's a great game. Cool spot. Cool spot was um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's people speed running video games. Wait, and- hang, on. <laughs> hang on. That, that was a seven up game. It seven. was a seven-up game. Fuck! I never realized that. Yeah, <laughs> I always just knew it as cool spot. I didn't. No, it was it. like a it was like a branded game. That's what game. the old branding used to have. Is the like little, the McDonald's yeah. game where you. Yeah. It was like Olympics. Yeah, collect yeah, I, Sorry, I completely derailed you. Then I just never realized that cool spot was a a game advert for. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> so it's, yeah. The, the channel itself is just basically dedicated to these events and these speedrunners who exist in their own channels, but um, 
in in our uh, chat about community or sorry, like team playing or, or video games amidst uh, a bunch of other players. This is a bunch of people, young people getting together, just destroying video games. Like the guy that did Mike Tyson's punch out blindfolded and set a world record doing it. Doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Um, but it's really neat to see these people just completely deconstruct these games, like break them and do glitches and they'll, they'll show little crazy things that happen in the game after they beat them. But it's all for a good cause. They do, uh, they donate all the money that's raised during these events of, of like setting challenges and saying, you're only allowed to play legend of Zelda with the hammer that you get. Like that's the only weapon you can use. And then the person has to speed run the game, but without using any other items and they'll still beat the game in an, crazy fast amount of time but all of that money that gets donated goes to like cancer research and nice. kids stuff and it's it's a wonderful way of bringing together a bunch of super nerdy anti-social people <laughs> to destroy video games show you how you break the rules all under the umbrella of, of fundraising and, and funsies so I like it it's fun to have on in the background. And if they ever play a video game that maybe you played at one point in your life, you're just like, Oh, how did they beat that in 10 minutes? It took me 60 <laughs> hours to do that. Like, well, watch this 14 year old. Absolutely destroy it. Yeah. Brilliant. It's fun to have his background noise. It's, it's worth a watch. And I think the cause is really good. I've, I've donated a couple of times just cause I yeah. think they're doing something good with video gaming. Nice. Good shout. Um, and just for anyone who's still looking for something to uh, to listen to whilst doing things during their day, uh, if you're anything like me and this entire time you've been getting super excited about old video games and things like that, then if you haven't uh, listened to the audiobook of Ready Player One, read by Will Wheaton, do it. It's totally worth the money. It's fucking great. It's... Like I genuinely have listened to that audiobook like six times now. Um it's really good. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And it's really fun when uh, he has to reference himself as well. Um Yes, that is it for Spiffies. Is there any other business? Not for me. Not from me. Yeah. Well, I have a little bit. So, yeah. Um uh, there is a guy on Instagram. I'm going to put a link to this in the show because I can't remember what his YouTube channel is called. Uh, but uh, if you like blacksmithing and you like a little bit of more long form blacksmithing, um guy called J.E. Metal Arts, which I'm fairly sure his name is Josh, but I'm pretty sure now that I've said that, that he's wrong and I'm not going to waste time by checking. Uh, but yeah, check the jokes and it'll be in there. Um He's just released his first uh, YouTube video. It's uh, more of a long form sort of one. It's he's uh, uh, Hereford. Um, uh, what's the name for someone that's alumni? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a bit more of the kind of um, artistic and aesthetic uh, blacksmithing. Um, but uh, it's part one of him making a vessel, and it's. Really nice, really interesting to watch if you like that sort of thing. I think if you're not 
a blacksmith and not into blacksmithing, it might not be that interesting. But if you are, it's uh, it's worth checking out. So I'll put a link in the shows. Um, yes. Uh, Can't help but think that sounded like a spiff, Steve, but... It, yeah. yeah. It wasn't really a spiff. It was just a shout-out. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, Doom Patrol is really fucking good. And nobody else has watched it, and I've got no one to talk about. So if you've watched Doom Patrol, hit me up. <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> it's really fucking good. I don't want to talk to someone about it, but nobody's fucking watched it. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you want to get hold of us, you can find us on all of the usual social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Matterworks. You can find Brett at Scunspade13. And you can find Al at Al's Hackshack. In bed. Beep. Oh, yes. In 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 the hack bed. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to find us as a group, you can check out fwtpodcast.com, uh, fwtpodcast on Instagram, and Fools of Tools on the Face Ache. Uh, go join the group. It's fun. There's good people in there. Uh, I've got any business. What? You broke up then. You spoke too quickly. What? It's all right. I'll I'll save it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. We love you guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this.